0: I'm John O'Connor, uh, Johnny Porridge, I think most people know, and I'm chairperson of the Kiloglan Archives.
1: Johnny, you've been really busy working on a project now for how many months?
0: Well, I suppose it went on for nearly a year and a half, two years. And it started with we noticed an ad to Stephen Thompson basically noticed the ad. The leader tourism section was opening prior to the full leader and gang of us met above in the Shan Skull and uh, two ideas came came out and one of the ideas was the plaque. We decided we'd incorporate the Chamber Chamber and uh we heard that Stephen or that Johnny Sullivan had done a lot of research on project a project like this. Archives, the chamber and Historical Society and Sean Sullivan had all the information on that. What was needed then was how we were going to put it together and so on and so forth. And we went to the techie side, MTU. We had Sloga who produced the logos and all, or they produced, MTU produced the logos, but uh, Sloga produced the signs.
1: What he more or less thought of was, there's so many history points here in Colorghlin and he thought, well get a plaque, get a QR code and just a little bit of information about every other place. So you have a few of them, What are, do you have a we few have samples? T-
0: we have 22 of them and basically I suppose we started off at the the from a waller graveyard, we went from there to the fishery, uh, there's the lounge Bridge which... Uh, looking at it in history, there was actually a timber bridge before there was the real, the existing lounge Bridge. Of course, there's the B and Coney then. We had the old mill and actually the old creamery was there. You, You had the... A.I.B., the former A.I.B., which has now moved. You had the Wall of Rembrands, the Blenner-Hassett Monument, and several more like that. Like So there's 22 in all.
1: Shane, tell us about when the Lance approached you at first with the idea. What was your first thought?
0: Well, I suppose when the um,
2: uh, Archive Society came along to us, along with the Historical Society, um, we from the Chamber Alliance thought this was a fantastic idea to embrace the history that is there in Coleraine. Um, I suppose the initial view was this would be a fantastic thing for tourists that are actually coming into the town. And it is, of course, as they walk around, there's a trail there that they can click on the, the QR code and find out the information and find out where it brings them around to the 22 locations. Um, but what we also actually found is that the people who live in Kel-Ordan, um found this a fantastic resource because... You know, as we're busy in our day lives, we walk up and down the streets of Colorghlin, we don't stop necessarily to look at individual buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you do get the opportunity and you see these plaques there and you see the history that's behind the Bianconi building, or you see the history that is there from somebody like Tom Barry, who was a very famous person from uh, from the, uh, the War of Independence, more associated with Cork, but actually born in Kilorgland, and that's something a lot of people wouldn't know. So from the Chamber's perspective, we were delighted to work together with the other two entities in town and try and bring this together. Now, what it took was, I suppose, as as Johnny referred to as well, there was the main body of this was really gathering the information um, for each site that was there, and Johnny's gone through the people that actually assisted in that. But there was also a technical element, so... Um, You know, NTU were uh, really great in uh, helping us bring it together, bringing their knowledge and uh, pulling it together, getting the QR codes, etc. Slogan signs, as Johnny says, actually built out plaques, put the QR codes on them, actually put them onto the buildings, etc. But we also had uh, Paul Lynch from Fexco as well, who also kind of brought that together on the two sides of it and kind of married it together. Um, So we now have 22 plaques around Calorgin. We can build on that at any given time. Um, The feedback has really been really positive. Yeah, what
1: have you been hearing?
2: So the feedback is is both positive, both from tourists actually in the town kind of going around and not being aware of Kilorgland as kind of an historical place necessarily. But when they see the depth of history that we have, the individuals that are actually there, the buildings that kind of go back through generations, that's a really positive story. And it brings them around the town and out to the outskirts of the town um, where they can kind of get this information. But actually as i mentioned i think also for individuals that live in the town it's um it's wonderful for them to actually realize what all the history was that mm-hmm. is actually going on and for myself a person coming from dublin here for a long time um you know i wasn't even aware i'm here a long time but i wasn't aware that all these people the likes of Maura Gregan, again another person um really important to uh the, the ireland and ireland's history the likes of tom barry as well inside there it It's just a fantastic resource that we look to build on going forward.
1: So, Shane, for people that are looking for these plaques, what do they look like and where can they find them?
2: Sure. So the plaques are um, fixed to each individual building. There is a map on the archive website that will direct you to the actual trail. Um, But if you don't have that map or you aren't aware, when you walk up to the plaque, there's a QR code on it. It says scan me. Um, So for locals and tourists alike, they take out their mobile phone, put it up and it brings them directly to the archive website. Um, do
1: you know that's actually handy in a way if you didn't have the time to stop there and then to read it at least you have it on your phone and read it at your own leisure then
2: that that's absolutely it so what actually happens is you go into a small page that gives you kind of a, a little snippet of what the the history of that building is or the person who was from that building but then usually there's a secondary page that will kind of go into much more information so again like that if you're there with your mobile just a snippet of information might be enough, but you know, you'll know you have that in the history on, on your, your uh, web search. And then you can go back in the later stage and just take a look at all of them because they do go back as as far as um, the J.P. O'Sullivan Park, which is one side of uh, town, out to the bridge coming into Calorglan, out to the railway bridge as well. So it's a nice walk, but you know if you don't have the time, you can always go back in and research the history at a later stage.
1: Do you know how many kilometres it would be to walk it all?
2: Gosh, that's a good question. I've done it many a time. I'm reckoning if you were kind of going up and around town and back over, you're probably talking... Just over three kilometers, so it 's oh, not a huge it's walk doable. oh it 's very doable, very doable, yeah, um, so it 's nice thing for families to do, as I say, if tourists kind of come through and what from our perspective you know again, um, what it does is it actually brings people the length and the breadth of the town as well, so mm-hmm. we find that good Johnny,
1: yeah. out of the twenty two plaques that have been put up now at the moment, what was the one that really stood out to you?
0: I suppose grogge and the first m e p um ever to use Irish, was a fellow by the name of Thomas O'Donnell. He was a teacher in uh, Cilaglan in, in the late 1800s, and he, he actually joined uh, Redmond's group going, and as a result, when the changes came after 1916, he lost his seat. But he was the first fellow to actually use Irish inside in the British Parliament. And, of course, he was told to stop and what not. Like, uh, and the other one, of course, was like, if there was a cat going, the bridge in Kilorgland, as I said, it was timber. And if there was a horse and car coming from one side, it's like the bridge began, going back to Glimbe at present. You had to stop in on one side and leave the horse and car go, and the other one. And in, eight, in 1885, then, they built the other bridge. And of course, there was the fishery the amount of fish that was caught there. It was a fabulous... And the people that came and, uh, of course, the people that started it and Henry Dodd or Billy... Willem Dodd was one of the main uh, people involved in it. But uh, I'd be telling you all the history if I go on, but I think every time, as Shane said earlier on, we will be tracing more and more history. And uh, we have people working above with us uh, in the Shands called from the archives. So it's very easy for them just to mm-hmm. go into the website and then put on an extra bit of information and whatnot.
1: And I suppose since you began this as well, you probably have people coming towards you now saying there's a bit more history here, here's another person you should consider putting up on one of the plaques.
0: Well, that will happen, like we we'll say There is, um, we stayed at 22 but we have facility to put many more. Mm-hmm. Now, there is the old um, hotel, should we say. We haven't included that. There are several more little buildings like that. And, of course, we have our own uh, monument down uh, up Annadale Road mm-hmm. for Ballykasan and the people that died. Like uh, Actually, they were the first people lose their life during the 1916 revolution so that was
1: again facts people probably don't even know about
0: they don't even know about and it we walk there. past
1: them and drive past them more or less every week
0: and it often amazes me why we don't have more tourists in Cloudland because I remember meeting a person one day and she said to me you come into cloudland, you look at it and it's the most scenic like it's there it's on the bridge it's the and."
1: well the thing about Killogland is and you know me being a cast woman, I'm obviously, I go here often enough, but it's just so full of colour and character and everything in between. So it's hard to miss it as such. Would you agree, Shane?
2: I, I absolutely would. I mean, I think it's pretty iconic when you come in over the bridge and you look up the, the hill of the town itself and it, it kind of comes down to meet you. It, it's like something out of a, a J.R.R. Tolkien book, like, you know, as it comes down which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, to kind of capture that, this is this is a first step. And in fairness, it's driven by the Archive Society and, and the History and Folklore Society with us in assistance. Um, but there are other things as well that we're looking at. So, you know, there is the old courthouse as well, which has been um, renewed under the uh, Rural Regeneration Development Fund. And we think that will be a focal point um, for future developments that we'll actually have as well. It'll be a base for the Archive Society. Um, so people will actually be able to go and physically thrall to some, some of the materials that they have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really it's about embracing the, the history of Calorgeland, which is one thing. But people know it around the place or individuals, but we need some different ways of being able to push it out there. Mm-hmm. So the courthouse will give us that physical ability. This is really kind of like a digital method as well, Mm -hmm. um, which in fairness to the the Archives Society, a huge amount of material is up on their Facebook pages as well, which is really easy to trace. If you have a name of someone, a location, a year, or whatever it may be, or a business or a school, you can go in and actually search through their website as well and pull out a huge amount of information. And I think, you know, we all love to look at photographs um, because photographs tell a story in in themselves. Um, But, uh, you know, those... Those photographs that they have, they share them on Facebook, the amount of stories that kinda of come back, it brings back memories for people. So, you know, some of the photographs go back as through the history of photographs when they began, but there's other ones that are twenty, thirty years old as mm-hmm. well and it's great for school. There's nothing and like looking
1: back in old photo and seeing as well how much the town has changed and developed and yeah, and what's still there as well.
2: Yeah, very much so. And uh, again, I'd say the Archives Society are very good at that. They they kind of uh, place photographs side by side. So again, when you look up that kind of image of the town in front of you, you see a coffee's building there on the right. But on the left-hand side, there's been a lot of development. So buildings are at different heights and things like that. Whereas when we walk up the town today, we just presume that's the way it always was. But of course, it wasn't. It, it developed over the years. So, you know, this, um, the Digital Heritage Trail... Coupled with what the archives are doing through Facebook, when we get the courthouse up and running as well, I think it'll be a really attractive area for people to be able to come to, uh, both for individuals living in town, um, tourists, historians, whatever it may be.
1: How happy are you to see something like this?
0: Delighted. like and Delighted to be involved in it, especially with uh, people that we were involved with, uh, Josie, Sean... Um, Stephen Thompson, who did a lot of work as well on it, and of course uh, slogan, just all the people that were involved in it. It's great to see the camaraderie and the whole lot, and it's all—it's all about um, presenting the town in a better way and whatnot, like.
1: Well, that might answer my next question, but it's why do you get involved, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I couldn't sit still. Still. I have to be involved in something always.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, I was always like that, like, we say I'm involved in the, too many things. <laughs> <laughs>